0: Good morning. Uh, Before we start with anything, I just want to make known that Grayson texted me last night and said, make sure you wear a jacket and a tie. His exact words was, we're going to shock people. Those are his exact words. And if anyone wants the receipts, I can show them. I have them on my phone. (laughs) Excited to be up here this morning, excited to have an opportunity to share, Um, excited to Give Kevin a little bit of a break, allow him to go ahead and, and leave to get there and not, not be stressed. Um, so just excited to be here. A few things about me. Before we start, uh, I have a tendency to talk really fast. I'm going to really try not to do that. Uh, so I'm going to work on slowing it down a little bit. Also, I move around a lot, a whole lot. Anyone, these, the, these, these guys know, they're up at the hangar. Um, I move around a ton. Last time I stood up here and preached, I had that in my mind and I like made sure that I stood right here. I like, even grabbed this podium right here so I wouldn't move back and forth, but I don't think I can do that uh, today. So I'm going to be back and forth a little bit. Not as much uh, as I generally am in uh, the hangar. In the hangar, it's literally the whole time, so I'm going try to try to con- confine, try to contain myself uh, just a little bit. But excited to be here, excited that you guys are here. uh, Excited that you are joining to worship with us together today. Um, So much so, that's kind of the topic of what we're talking about today is why are we here? Not deep philosophical why are we here on this earth? Why were we created? Not quite there, even though those of you that know Cooper, which I assume is most of you, that has been Cooper's favorite question recently. It's all he wants to ask. Cooper you can assume, Cooper hates bedtime, hates it. Cooper doesn't slow down ever, and that's ever. It's not like he runs around until he wears himself out. He runs around and then is forced to go to sleep. But Cooper recently has got to where when you lay him down, he feels like if he asks you the right question, then you can't leave the room. So his most recent one has been, Dad, before you leave why did God make us real people? That has been his most recent question, and you can only answer that so many ways. So you say, well, he made, God made us to glorify him. And all of you who know Cooper know the very next thing is, why? <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we love God. We love people. That's why we're here. And then why? Until you have to go, Cooper, I don't have any more for you. I need you to go to bed. Like, <laughs> you've got to go to sleep. So we're not there. We're not, why are we here on this earth? Why did God make us real people? We're, Why are we here, together, joined together as a congregation? Why are we here sitting in this service on a Sunday morning uh, with one another? So that's our main question we're going to be kind of toying with and talking through. Um, But a question that stems from that is, why is it so often easier to congregate in different places? So why are we here and then why is it easier? Why are we congregating here now today and why is it easier to congregate at other places? So for example, right, like we know, I would assume almost everyone in here because we live in the South has a favorite sports team, has somebody that they pull for, right? So we love to go on Saturdays and go to a game or go on Friday nights and go to a game or, or whenever. Um, we love that. We, we find joy in congregating there. Uh, Maybe you have a group of friends that you go to the same restaurant once a week with because you all enjoy the same type of food. Uh, Maybe there was a concert this past weekend. I know some of us were there. Um, And there was a big concert this weekend, and people with a common interest gathered together and and congregated there together for a singular purpose. But what I've noticed, and is oftentimes we let these things, these other reasons to congregate, and I'm not saying anything bad about them. They're legitimate reasons to get together with people. But oftentimes we let these other things we do to congregate, we let them dictate our schedule. But when it comes to congregating as a church, we let our schedule dictate our attendance. And and what I want to talk about today is something that kind of stems from a conversation that a friend of mine that goes to another church and I have been having over the past few weeks, um, and, and it's kind of like, why is this so? And through a lot of study and a lot of prayer, I think I've kind of come to this realization. It's that oftentimes we don't really know why we're here, right? It's easy to say, oh, why are you here? Oh, because I'm here to worship God. Why are you here? Oh, it's because it's what I do on Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, got to make sure to wake up and get to church or Sunday night or Wednesday, whenever you're congregating. But we don't really know why we're here, or we don't know why we're here enough to be intentional with it. There's probably a better way to put that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So often we choose to congregate because we know it's what we're supposed to do, or it's become part of our habit. But today I want to talk about why we should really do it. You can kind of get, I'm going to start in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, I'm going to just be there for a minute because it gives us a good jumping off point of what it looks like when the church, when people of God congregate. Now, that's where I'm going to start, but I'm going to be pulling from a lot of different places, so I apologize for that. Uh, It's on your sheet, um, but if you are going to keep up, you're going to be flipping, so I apologize. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So from here we see a congregation gathering to d- together and doing several things, right? Being devoted to teaching, being devoted to fellowship, breaking bread, saying prayers, um, attending the temple together, praising God. We see a lot of different things happening when these people of God congregate. So today I want to talk about three purposes we have when we congregate so that hopefully we can all be more intentional church members. And these three points that that I want us to talk about, that I want us to hit are worship, fellowship, and discipleship. So why are we here? We're here for worship, we're here for fellowship, and we're here for discipleship. Side note, real quick, I came very close to naming this sermon, Get in the Boat, because we're talking about the three ships of congregational meeting. But I decided, every time I try to do something witty, like, I don't ever get a laugh, so I just... Stayed away from it. But this was, just no. this was almost called get in the boat, meaning all get together and we're also talking about three ships. So we, we were almost there. The first one is worship. Why are we here? Obviously, our first answer for most of us would be, well, I'm here to worship. I'm here to worship God. We sang a song today that really goes right in with this point. So while I didn't actually tell Grayson what four songs to sing, uh, the the song Heart of Worship, I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you, is where we kind of are going to live right here on this point. So what is worship? That's where we'll be first. Worship is a human response to a divine action. It's how we as people respond to the acts and goodness of God. And that looks... a few different ways. The most obvious way that we see the most often and we most often equate worship to is through worship and song, right? We know what he has done for us, so we give him praise for it, and we do it congregationally through song. Another way is through what we're doing right now, through Bible reading and teaching, right? We know what he has done, and we're responding to him by learning more about him. Uh, Prayer is another one. Right? We know what he has done, so we respond by praying with thanksgiving, uh, by praying with petition, just responding to our creator. Chad Brooks has a quote, and he says, We worship because we love Jesus Christ and want to join with the church around us, before us, and in front of us in praising the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's great if, if we want to just sit there. Worship is a human response to divine action. You can worship in song through Bible reading and through prayer, but right now at this point, we can say, okay, yeah, but I can do that from home. That doesn't answer why I'm here, why as a congregation. Martin Luther has a quote that I think sums that up perfectly, and it says, at home, in my own house, there is no warmth or vigor in me. But the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart, and it breaks its way David Mathis says the secret of joy in corporate worship is not only self forgetfulness, or to put it positively, preoccupation with Jesus and his glory, but also the happy awareness that we are not alone in having our souls satisfied in him. So while, yes, we can worship Jesus wherever we are, and we should be worshiping consistently. Like both of these people say, what it is is there's something different about worshiping in a group. It's the joy that you're surrounded with. It's, it's, it prompts you to continue worship. It uh, inspires you to continue worshiping. And when we talk about worship, the Bible talks about two different types of worship. And I think this is of this whole point where the most important part of this whole point of worship. The Bible talks about vain worship worship and real worship. And I think this is where the song Heart of Worship stems from. Oftentimes, we get caught up in this vain type of worship. Vain worship could just be viewed as proclaiming lips and a distant heart. Matthew 15, 8 and 9 says this. The people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And what I'll say to that is, beware of falling into the habit of worship without ever actually participating in it. Because that's dangerous. Because this worship team is great, but if you're just singing the words because they're on the screen and that's the way they're leading you, then you're not participating in worship, you're just singing a song. In the same way when we're reading our Bible or when we're teaching. If we're just reading our Bible because we got a notification from our Bible app, ding, hey, don't forget to read your Bible today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Read these words, check, got it done. Right, if we're praying so we can say, look at these words I know in prayer. Look at this, look at how good I pray. Then we worship in vain. We can sing, we can read, we can pray all the right words but we worship in vain if we aren't doing it as a truthful, all-filled response to the goodness of our Creator. And I'm going to say this a few times a day throughout all three points, is a lot of what we'll be talking about today stems back to intention. Doing things intentionally. Right, because what happens is, like we said, what do you, why are you here? Most of us would say, I'm here to worship. But then we just come and we sing the songs and, and, and have no, we're not worshiping in spirit, we're not worshiping in truth, we're just singing the song, and we're just assuming we're worshiping because we're doing it, right? We assume that we're worshiping because we're not intentionally straying away from worship. We assume that if we're in a room with other people worshiping, then we are just doing the same because we're singing the words. But I would argue that it's more than just intentionally straying away from worship, but we have to intentionally worship. We have to intentionally be prepared to respond to a divine, to divine action. We have to intentionally worship in spirit and in truth. And that's the next type of worship, the worship that we should be intentioned towards or have intentions to do, and that's real worship. And real worship, simply put, is... Worship in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23 and 24 says this, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And I'll add, authentic worship involves an inward change of heart, not just an outward observance. Real worship. We're followers of God, worship in complete sincerity. So why are we here? Number one, we're here to worship. And in order to worship, we must worship intentionally. We must come with the intentions to respond to the Lord. It's more than an outward observance. So the next thing we're here for is fellowship, which is like the Southern Baptist probably number one. Why are you here? Fellowship. I heard we were eating when we got done with the sermon. Right? So that's what we think of when we think of fellowship. We've got the fellowship hall so we can get together and we can eat. And we can do these things and hang out and and call it fellowship. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about fellowship today as being more than just me and you sitting and talking, cutting up, having a good time. Uh, And I wanted to really pull on two parts of what fellowship is. First fellowship results from the call of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 9 and 10 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, That you could, but that you could be united in the same mind and the same judgment. This word for fellowship here is koinonia, and it literally means join together. And joining together is more than just an after-service meal. It's an act of unity prompted by a calling received from God so that we may be a better representation of Him. Fellowship stems from the call of God to do so. And fellowship, just like worship, gets missed if we don't do it intentionally. Right, we assume, hey, I'm here, people are fellowshipping around me, therefore I am a part of it. Right? We're not intentionally straying from fellowship, but we are also not doing anything to intentionally fellowship with one another. Again, most of what we'll be talking about today goes back to intentions. So the first thing that we see it does is it results from a call of God, but then it is sustained by the Holy Spirit. And right here, some of you are going to think I'm crazy. But I promise I'm not. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. Some of your Bibles might not have that verse. It might not be there. Is there anyone in here who doesn't have 2 Corinthians 13, 14? Okay, at least Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. (laughs) Right, because there's some translations where 2 Corinthians 14 is just pushed onto the back of 13. Only, only select translations split verse 13 into 13 and 14. Um, what translation do you have, Tyler? CSB, that's what I thought. I know CSB uh, combines them. But so to get it all, for those of you who might have, uh, might have 14 jammed onto the, the back of 13, I'll read 2 Corinthians 13, and I'll just read 11 through 14. And it says, finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I'm going to read a little bit from John in just a minute, but what we see here." And what we see further explained in John is that we are called by God to fellowship, but then that fellowship is sustained by the Holy Spirit. And something I hadn't thought about until I really started studying, I talked a little bit about fellowship at our fall retreat with the youth. Um, And when I really started studying for that is is where I kind of got here. But a concert. We go to a concert because we have something in common with the people that are there. We all like the same artist a football game we go to a football game because we have something in common with the people that are there we all like the same football team but Christian fellowship is so much more because we're sustained by the holy spirit right which means we are one the same holy spirit the holy spirit in me is the same holy spirit that is in Grayson right that is in Bryson and Sam and Peyton right so so we have something in common far more that's something we enjoy, we are filled by the Holy Spirit, and we are one because of that. John seventeen twenty through 23 says, I do not ask for these things only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, and that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one I and them and you and me that they may perfectly become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me right so fellowship is more than just me and and any of you guys me and Kyle sitting and having a conversation fellowship starts from God and is sustained by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I feel like oftentimes we miss that. So fellowship looks like it is a beneficial, mutually beneficial relationship between Christians because it grows us in unity and it grows us together. And those who believe in the gospel are united in the Spirit. Those who have been saved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, are united in the spirit. And that unity is the basis of fellowship. Not anything we have in common, right? So often we say, oh, I don't really do this thing. Maybe, maybe I don't go to grow group because I don't really like the, the people in there. Or maybe, maybe I think the people are fine. They're great. Uh, but we just don't have much, enough in common. So I just feel like I never really have anything to say. Or, oh, I don't go to this specific thing because I feel like Uh, I just can't really fellowship with those people enough because we just don't really have the same thing and and we don't really like the same things, right? But fellowship isn't about liking the same things. It's about the fact that you're both filled with the same Holy Spirit and we have to intentionally believe that, right? And therefore, that means that I have more in common with any of you than anyone that shares the same interest as me, right? Like if someone doesn't know Jesus and we have a similar interest, I have more uh, in common with you that are saved, Because we have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, true Christian fellowship only exists within the body of Christ. So this fellowship that we strive for doesn't exist unless we are together. Because fellowship exists through the unity of the Spirit. So we're here for worship. We're here for fellowship. And finally, we're here for discipleship. discipleship recently i'd say probably over the last 5 or 10 years probably probably actually goes further back than that but discipleship has kind of turned recently into things we do we feel like we can't do it inside of the church right we have these extra ministries they get together outside of church and do discipleship, and they disciple one another, and they help each other grow. Because sure, as a church, we believe we can worship together and we can fellowship together, but the church as an entity feels too big to do individual discipleship. But I would argue the exact opposite, and that the church exists to grow members into maturity, which sounds a lot like discipleship to me. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says this. It says, And he gave the apostles So as a church, part of the reason we're here is to participate in discipleship, which means we participate on two ends. We participate as a disciple and as a disciple-maker. Here we see, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Right, so we're supposed to learn. That's, I mean, technically what a disciple is, right? A disciple is, is a learner. Um, But discipleship encompasses both teaching and learning. I did a study with Kevin when I was in college. I was probably a sophomore, maybe a junior in college, and we did this study called Growing Up. And the tagline of this book, Growing Up, is called How to Be a Disciple Who Makes Disciples. Right? How to Be a Learner and a Teacher. And what it showed to me is oftentimes discipleship, the reason we kind of stray away from it or we don't do it as much um, is because it's uncomfortable. Because either you have to lower yourself, well, you, you have to do both of these. Generally, only one of these is hard, depending on what type of person you are. For some people, it's hard for you to lower yourself and say, this person, I need to be taught by this person. I need to follow this person and let them lead me and teach me. That's hard for some of us. For some of us, that's the easy part. And the hard part is going, hey, but I'm also called to disciple, which means I need to find somebody that I can pour into. right?" Because we like to say, oh, that's not my, my gift. I'm not a good teacher. Uh, I'm, that's not my gift. But we are all called um, to teach and learn. Discipleship, an um, analogy that I give when we talk about discipleship in the hangar a lot is discipleship looks like You've got a friend. And you really want to work with that friend. So you go, hey, I can put in a good word for you to my boss. And that way, we can work together. So you do it. The boss says, sure, bring him in. And you bring him in. They interview, and they get hired. And your friend goes, hey, I got hired. Awesome. We get to work together now. What do I need to do? And here's the importance of discipleship. What you don't do is hand them a manual and say, you know, you can figure it out. We would never, you would never do that. That sounds insane, but it's what we do when we neglect discipleship. It's what we do when we, when we share the gospel and we share Jesus and we get people here and we invite people and we, and we let them know how important this is and then they're like, I've accepted the Lord. And then we go, oh, awesome, good job. Okay. Okay. And then we move on. Right, discipleship is important because you're called to teach and help them continue to grow. And we're called to be disciplers and disciples. Discipleship, just like fellowship, just like worship, requires your intentions. Oftentimes we think, that we're discipling or being discipled just because we're here. We think that, hey, if I just show up, this, this stuff just happens. If I just show up, then worship and fellowship and discipleship, all of that just happens around me, and, and that's why I'm here. But my challenge is to be intentional with them, intentionally worship, intentionally have respond to a divine action. Intentionally worship in spirit and in truth. Intentionally fellowship. Intentionally respond to that call of God and, and fellowship in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Intentionally discipleship. Discipleship encompasses both teaching and learning. Right? The Great Commission tells us that. Right? The Great Commission. Go you therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Right, to make disciples we have to teach and to be a disciple we have to learn. So something about today, where I want us to, to be, what I want us to think about, what I want us to be challenged with, is why are we here? Are we here because it's a habit? Are we here because it's what we do? Are we here because we know we're supposed to be here and worship and fellowship and and disciple and be discipled and we know all of those things? Are we here intentionally doing those things? Are we here worshiping, fellowshipping, and discipling? As Jillian comes up And I pray I'm going to challenge you guys with that. And I want you to pray with me as as I do. Just challenge yourself and think about it. Why am I here? Am I intentionally, do I have my intentions straight? Or am I just here because I think it's where I'm supposed to be at on a Sunday morning? Am I living a life where I get together congregationally and worship intentionally and fellowship intentionally and disciple intentionally or do I just show up? I'm going to pray and afterwards Jillian's going to continue praying or playing. Think about these things and if there's anything you need to talk about, salvation, rededication, church membership, just get something off your chest. I'll be up here. Grayson will be up here. But I'll pray and we'll move to a time of response. Dear God, I thank you so much for this day, for the opportunity we have to be here, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we are here Completely surrendered. We are here to worship you, to fellowship, to disciple, and that our intentions are true. And we don't just assume we're a part of it because it happens around us. Lord, you deserve all of our on, all of the honor, all of the glory, all of the praise, Lord. And I pray that we give it to you. your name I pray. Amen. Grace and I will be up here for a time of response. If there's anything you need to talk about, pray together with, uh, with either of us, we'll be here. and comes up to pray, I just want to leave you guys with that challenge, to be intentional with our time together.
1: What a challenge, amen, church? Discipleship, fellowship, worship, all words that we hear all the time in church. Um, But to think about them, to be intentional with them, that was powerful, man. That was great, fantastic. Think about that this week. As we leave here, don't leave here and go back to the unintentionality of those three words. Leave here changed. Leave here wanting more of that. If you don't know anything about those words, then come see us. We'll be at the front. We'd love to talk to you about any of those three words or just about who Jesus is. There's nothing that would make us happier. There'd be nothing worth more celebration than you coming to know Jesus today or coming to know more about those three words. So thank you for being here. Again, if you need anything or if you need just to talk to someone, we'll be out front. Uh, But why don't you stand with me, and I'll pray, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, you are so good, and you are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our discipleship. You're worthy of our fellowship. I pray that we give you those three things, Lord, because you've given us everything. Lord, help us not to lose sight of the cross, not to lose sight of what you've done. Lord, that you've paved the way to eternal life. Help us to surrender daily. Lord, I pray that if anyone in here has never just surrendered their life to you, that today would be the day. We give you glory now. Keep us effective for your kingdom. Give us opportunities to share your great gospel as we go. Keep us safe. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.